This is Therapy For Us By Us, a podcast showcasing conversations centering black and brown voices in therapy and mental wellness from the lens of mental health practitioners. Truly a space created for us by us in an effort to build community and see ourselves reflected in wellness. I'm your host, Claudia Parada, a marriage and family therapist trainee, and I'm excited to connect with all you beautiful folks and your stories. Welcome. Hola, hola. Welcome to Therapy for Us by Us podcast. I'm your host, Claudia Parada, marriage and family therapist trainee, and today We have the pleasure, I have the pleasure of speaking with Shirley Johnson. Welcome, Shirley. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Hi. Um, Would you mind, so normally I start off with a bio, as I mentioned, but would you mind telling us about your work and introducing yourself? Sure. Um, Well, my name is Shirley Johnson, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. I have a private practice where I work with adults and couples. I specialize in codependency recovery, um, self-confidence and authenticity. And I specifically love working with black folks and thinking about our um, social and racialized experience and how it intersects with being a psychic being as well and exploring topics of sex and money are always fan faves for me too. Um, I also have taught as a yoga teacher for 10 years or more than 10 years and I currently teach kundalini yoga. You can find me doing that often. And I've been studying various forms of energy medicine maybe for about 15 years, starting with um, learning with Dr. Leela Africa and studying as a naturopath in his African holistic health program. And since then, it's just been a road of exploration and moving closer toward this phenomena called healing. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I have, oh my gosh, I already have so many so many curiosities with, with what it is that you've already mentioned, but wow, what a wealth of, what a wealth of wisdom and knowledge that it is that you're bringing. Um, so I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much again for being here. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, I just, I'm aware that I'm like, oh, I want to take a Kundalini yoga class with you. <laughs> um and also really interested about topics of sex and money as well recently so super just resonating with that and that you brought that in um oh yeah so I was wondering um if you would be open to expanding a little bit about like how you found yourself on this path yeah sure um How I found myself on this path, I guess how I consciously found myself on this path, because I've always been on the path, but it took a while to realize that that was, that was, this is the path that I'm on. Um, I will just say that as a younger adult in my 20s, I graduated from college. I went to 
I was pretty academically tracked from a young age. So I went to Brown University on the East Coast where I studied modern culture and media and ethnic studies. And when I came out of um, undergrad, I, you know, went into work in corporate, corporate America. And that was sort of the, the trajectory for, I think, a lot of people my generation and for people like me who were coming sometimes from being the first person on their fa- in their family to attend a four-year college or coming kind of like from the hood and going to a prestigious college. You know, there was this, kind of expectation for me and many of my peers like you do that you go to this kind of college so that you can come out and and move up the socioeconomic ladder and so that means sometimes going to a corporate job even if it's not your passion and I I loved being an undergrad Um, I went to a school where we had a lot of freedom to explore what we were genuinely interested in and I did just that and when I graduated, I remembered feeling really let down with the the scope of what it seemed like being an adult was going to look like, meaning working in a place that was boring and a place that I actually could see through and that like nothing actually seemed that valuable, but everyone's acting like it's really important work. And it is to some people, I'm not knocking not knocking people whose path is the corporate path, but I knew it wasn't, I was, I knew that by working in this way, it was revealing to me what I valued. And I was seeing that how I was living and working was not reflecting what I valued. And uh, fast, so that kind of opened me up to inquiry and I had lots of experience in being depressed from the time I was a teenager and I remembered feeling some like existential depression in my early 20s and looked for spiritual and religious opportunities to, to see, you know, find this meaning of life. What, what am I here for? What am I doing? What is the rest of this life going to be like? Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of set me on the path. And I remember getting really sick at one point at my job, meaning it wasn't like flu sick, but I had a horrible rash on my body. And I tell this story a lot because I think this was what brought something to my awareness. I went to Brazil for a week on vacation and I came back and the rash was gone. And it immediately cued me into this connection between stress, mind and body. And then I started um, going to yoga, started practicing yoga. And from there on, that sort of opened the path. And like I mentioned, then I went on to study with Dr. Africa and kind of just kept taking the opportunities that I interacted with to to keep learning. And I was just hungry for, you know, hungry for sitting in fellowship around self-inquiry and healing and ancient wisdom. Hell yeah. I resonate so much with what you are saying. And of course, like have my own relationship to some of the themes that that you're talking about right now, but I'm really appreciating that share. Um, And often like in, in the way that I relate to that experience is like being like working and then wondering 
like, is this all there is? <laughs> there has mm-hmm. to be more. I remember like this distinctly, like asking myself that question on my way to work. I used to work at a bank mm-hmm. and being like, this can't be it. Like, <laughs> I know there's more. <laughs> um, is there more? So I, yeah. And also like getting really sick as well. I mean, in a different way, of course, but um, yeah, it seems like a pretty significant and powerful turn of events that really like, again, I I love what you said in the way you framed it of consciously being aware of being on this path. So yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I did have a curiosity um, as you were speaking, and I don't know if you'd be willing to share around this. Um, my my question is, like, how do you hold, or like, how do you hold when when I, it's many folks are like working within uh, systems and structures that like. at least the way that I think like can keep us very unhealthy. Like we're stressed, we're in the go, go, go. Um, And maybe you're at a place where they might be thinking something similar. Like, is there something else or maybe just feeling like this can't be all there is like kind of like what I was saying, but um, like are not really like are not there yet in like terms of what they see as possible. Um. I think I I think the reason why it's coming up for me is that like I were like for me and in, in my work like I'm often engaging that question like well what is what is possible and then like having that kind of like conversation and negotiation around like what do I know and then maybe what do I what do I not know and I'm just wondering how how do you hold that if you'd be willing to share Yeah so like how do I hold this sort of like knowing and not knowing together Yeah, either for yourself or like for somebody who may be grappling with that, like, I know this isn't working, but I don't, I'm not sure if there's another option. Uh, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this topic because I think this is all, there's always an area in our life, in my life, I'll say, that I, that this predicament is present because Mm -hmm. it's a human predicament and there's no way to get out of it. So (laughs) The first thing I think is just to accept it as part of the human path, right? There's going to be things that happen that we're like, you know, this isn't really scratching my back the way that like (laughs) other thing does. And like, that's okay. And the two ways I would approach it or, you know, try to speak to myself around these things is one is to get clear about what I'm getting from the predicament. You know, even working in corporate America, there's lots I can say about how, what it gave to me was I got really clear on what I valued mm-hmm. and being able to see, this is what I, I don't value X, Y, Z. I value A, B, and C. Yeah. And it's okay that I'm here because this is helping illuminate what I value. The other thing I got was amazing friends. My dearest, best friend. I met at my first um, well, like one of my amazing but dearest best friends <laughs> met at my like first job out of college and we were both, you know, 22, whatever years old. And we've created a friendship that has been 16 years strong. So, um, you know, of seeing what you're getting and not bypassing what you're getting, because there's always medicine. 
God is everywhere. There's never a place that God is not. So I think part of it, some of this conversation and what I see happening a lot in, in society and also with this sort of emergence of sometimes this, I, this field of, you know, being a healer, being glamorized, which I don't think it is glamorous at all, mm-hmm. but there's this idea of like, I just know there's something in me and I, I want to be a da 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 whatever. And it's like, if that's what's supposed to happen, you can rest assured you will get there. <laughs> yeah. And two is that, um, that, you know, like it's, it creates this idea that like, you're either a healer or you're not where it's like, you're a healer no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. So your path is your path, wherever you are. It, you don't change. The environments change, but we don't change on a level, right? On that, if that's our calling, that doesn't change. So of my my thinking is often like, how can I be where I'm at right now and lean into it and know that this is giving me the medicine I need to move forward? You know, whatever the idea of forward is, because who knows what forward and backwards are? They, <laughs> they're not even real concepts. Yeah, I really love that you said that. And even feels like for as much as like, I, I feel like it's something that I've explored personally, or like I even have heard myself say before, like to hear you say it, I mean, in, in the way that it is that you're saying it too, just feels really grounding because there is a part of me that I think that I look back to who I was then, you know, in my early mid twenties, working this corporate job, And like, I think I just like wrote about it too. I was like, oh, there's so many things about myself that I hated and like kind of like disembodying myself from that identity. Like, oh, she didn't know anything. She didn't like, she didn't know any better. She was disconnected. Um, But, you know, I'm even like, like it's, uh, as I'm sharing that, it's like bringing up a lot of pain because like, it that that the frame that it is that you're holding it feels so affirming and grounding in to say at least to me in the way that I'm relating to it is like no that it that was a part of like what made me who I am absolutely I can't hold that as my own Mm -hmm. yeah I was on a a little kind of talk on an Instagram live and what was it called a few (laughs) weeks ago and the guy who was interviewing me, we wanted to have a conversation, said he wanted it to be called From the Club to Kundalini, which I was like, I'm down. We can talk about that. <laughs> and he was yeah, like, the part of you that you had to kill to become who you are now. And I was like, hold up. I was like, I'm never, ever going to talk about myself like that because that the part of me that you're seeing today that you're associating as, quote unquote, the Kundalini, that's always been in me. Yeah. And that other part of me who was at the club, who was partying and who loved to drink and dance and be wild, that part of me is so dear to me still. And I would never want to kill her, never going to sacrifice her. Yeah. Ooh, that feels like really, yeah, I'm still engaging that part of myself. Like I'm still in that process of like, whatever it means to have been a lot of I mean obviously not the identical version of what you experiences that you had but like I was in the club (laughs) I was in the club drinking (laughs) I mean I love I love a good dance 
<laughs> but yeah, I I I find that really yeah, I guess I just I find it really affirming. Mm, yeah. I, I often feel yes, I've been transformed and it does feel like a rebirth. And in many ways it did feel like a death in that like I had to let go of a lot of things. But um thinking about like oh well then if I am framing it as a death and what did I what did I lose in that what have I completely like disavowed and to remember that that is also part of me is like a really powerful like even in like I'm thinking it in um like integrating parts of myself like that feels like a really important significant piece to to hold for me mm-hmm Whew. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> well, I feel like we just, <laughs> you just brought me on a whole, wow. Because <laughs> oh. I like, one of my questions, as I know that you know, but for the folks who are listening, like one of my questions is going to be like, well, how do you see your work being similar or different? And I'm like, well, I, I mean... <laughs> I already can tell (laughs) (laughs) on another level, (laughs) but I mean, of course, like I, I would love to hear like your perspective on that question too. Like how, like, so a couple, like a couple of things that I was wondering um, before we came into this conversation was like, and I know that you mentioned this already. So like the, the important, the most important parts of your work to you, but, um, also the question around like well how do you see it being like different from others in the field but I mean I feel like I've already got a taste for that but I'd love to hear what what it is that you have to say about it well I'm going to answer this in a little bit of a roundabout way Claudia I'm going to say that my work is is my my work is my life (laughs) I live this (laughs) I live this this is, there's no days off from me doing psychic exploration with myself. I'm in therapy. I just got off my therapy call before we started ours. I'm, you know, I'm invested in medicine, in deepening my life and the experiences I'm living as medicine. So when I sit down and I work, quote unquote, with people, I'm not showing up as an other. I'm not showing up as as someone who um, is doing this to get paid. I am showing up as someone who lives this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as someone who is immersed. I don't don't play. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not playing about this. This is life and death business to me. And I don't even like that analogy because death isn't bad. And I don't want to hold life and death as being on polar opposites because they're actually the same thing. But um, that as I think a signature of how, of my, what is authentic, I'm authentic. Like I live this. I'm not, there's nothing to hide from me. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be like a brand of a therapy. I just am doing it. And I will say one other thing, which is that my work goes deep. 
I'm interested and I think, you know, for all therapists, a huge asset is one, knowing who you want to work with, who your ideal people to work with are, and also knowing what you like doing. Hell yeah. I learned that I love going deep. I am not designed for CBT. I am not groomed for brief therapy. I've done brief therapy. I've done CBT. I worked as a school therapist and we worked specifically in a um, short-term brief, I forgot what it's called, brief therapy model and trying to use more sort of CBT and behavioral aspects. And I was really challenged because Mm -hmm. it was very focused on how to get behavior of young people to change. And when I'm sitting with a young person and being on the bureaucratic school level asked to help this young person stop cursing as much in class or whatever it is, and I'm hearing them tell me about their family structure, I don't give a fuck about if they're cursing in class. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I know that for me, I go deep. That's just how, that's just how I go. So I, I also see that there is a lot of folks in the field who go, who go very, who like doing behavioral work and that's what some consumers want. Um, So my work I think is different in that I'm actually not even that caught up in what people's behaviors are. I am more interested in how they, what the behavior is rooted in or what's driving the behavior. Yeah. So deeply resonating with what you're saying. And literally right before you said what the behavior is rooted in, I was like, oh yeah, like root work, like really looking at like the word root definitely like came into my awareness right before you said that for sure. Like just deeper, deeper work. Yeah. And one thing I'll say about that is sometimes the image is like, oh, deep work means it's going to be mystical and magical. And no, it doesn't mean that. Like our life is deep. And sometimes the mundane is so deep that Mm -hmm. in this, the way that, you know, many humans, including myself, have been desensitized to the depth, to the depth of the mundane. And so I don't do, you know, people will think, oh, well, you're a yoga teacher. You're going to do yoga with me in therapy. And you have this experience and that experience. Are you going to do this and that in therapy? No, I'm not. Because the magic and the energy is just here in the being. There's nothing extra to bring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I definitely resonate with that. <clears throat> one, of, one of the things that like has been really coming up for me in our conversation is like, you know, when you see... <laughs> You know, when you see like memes or whatever, or folks talking on, on IG or on social and they're like, it's already coming to you. It's already, it's already in flow to you. And, um, and sometimes I'm just like, where, where are they at with that? Why, why, like, why would they be saying something like that? Like in terms of like the magic is already in you, but Mm -hmm. like the way that it is that you're saying it is like so much more grounded in like, I guess what I'm just to be the way I'm experiencing it is like something very truthful. Like we just are like, I guess the, my language might be like, we just are divine. Like the path is already in front of us. Like we're already on that path. Um, and 
again, in those words of like, the magic is already here, is, yeah, I don't know if I have words to describe it, like of what I'm feeling, but um, definitely, definitely feels true. I think like, I'm just noticing how much I'm like, yes. Like, I just want to be like, yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's so um, interesting to me. The other day I was talking to a couple of my friends uh, who are also practicing therapists and just noticing, yeah, like noticing the differences between, I'll speak for myself, right? Like, what is it about the way that like I'm holding this work, if you will, as, as kind of like you were sharing, like it doesn't necessarily feel like work and maybe somebody else who feels like my experience of them feels like they're just kind of showing up for their role, for their job. And I, yeah, I think it just kind of like flew out of my mouth. I was like, this is my life. Like I live this. It doesn't feel like adjacent to, it's not my job or my role um, to provide therapy, if you will. Um, so definitely resonating with that, like with what you shared, it feels true for sure for me as well, at least in the way that I experience it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, whew, I have, I feel like I could probably just talk to you for forever. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Um, But I was wondering, you know, since we're getting ready to wrap up and we're kind of coming to our close, anything that you want to share just as like final, not final, but just like for this episode, closing thoughts, closing shares, whatever feels important to name to you or for you. Hmm. It's very open-ended. <laughs> I know I'm not a great scaffolder. What I say that's important to me about therapy. <laughs> you know what you were just saying about, you know, you live this. And, and I don't want to at all diminish the effort that goes into being a therapist. Mm-hmm. Because it is there is an efforting that happens mm-hmm. so much and it's a lot of psychic efforting um and at the same time i i really find that the people who i won't say that i just find that it is such an asset if there's people who are therapists in training or people who are on their um on their way and developing be, you know, and I, and I'm, st- you know, everyone's, I think a good therapist is always developing. Yeah. One thing I think is so paramount is do your own work, like yeah. get into therapy. And if you don't work with a therapist, get with somebody who is going to hold some coaching and reflection and blind spots, get into your therapy and also invest in a consultant to help you see the blind spots in your therapy work. Those are two investments I've been making over the last couple years. And I remember at times being like, oh, I don't know if I can afford this. Is this worth it? Mm -hmm. 
but there isn't, you know, in talking about the money aspect for a moment, uh, being a therapist has really taught me so much about money, the energy of money. It's taught me so much about what I am willing to invest in my practice is exactly what drives people to invest in their healing with me. Uh-huh. And that the more, and, and people will say to me sometimes, therapists will ask, you know, well, how do you, how do you get clients? You know, what do you think is the way to get clients? And I think of from my background as a yoga teacher and something that is said in the Kundalini yoga lineage, which is that teaching is being, and I think therapy is being. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about what you do or what website you're listed on or even what your website looks like to an extent. Those are all, those are all, you know, beautiful but it's about how you be, how your nervous system is. Mm -hmm. And again, know, knowing what and who you want to work with. Some people love doing short work and short work is, can be very valuable. But if you want clients who are, I know my, my thing has always been, I want clients who are invested into their inquiry. I want clients who are coming in and are thirsty, ready to see mm. what they have been hiding from themselves and also ready to take accountability. Mm -hmm. And I, I need to change my psychology today profile, but I was like, I want to change it. Cause I wanted to say, don't call me if you're not willing to change. Yeah. Call me if you are content, don't call me if you want coddling because a therapist and my, and <laughs> my, how I work, I don't coddle people. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see people as God and I see people as being an agency, even when they don't see that in themselves. And oh, I hope when they don't see that in themselves, but I am not here to actually enable victim mentality, especially okay. in thinking about working with uh, non-white folks. Hell yeah. There's an epidemic around us being socialized and programmed to think we're victims and actually believing it. And it's robbing us of our sovereignty and agency. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right on for sure. And it's hard. Not everyone wants, that's a bitter medicine. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I was just. I like I hella appreciate the clarity for sure because um <laughs> around the don't call me if you ain't ready if you ain't ready for this medicine right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't because I'm not the person who I don't play I'm not playing those games with people. Yeah, hell yeah. Um but also like I I think not but I I guess what I'm trying to say is and like when I hear you say that like I'm hearing like for me, the way that I relate to what you're saying is like having like a sense of not urgency, but like holding the importance of like holding folks in the possibility of what is what like what their truth is, right? And um, not investing in more of the more of the same of what we're taught by that word. Mm -hmm. So, whew, wow. Thank you so much for that. Just, I think that is a beautiful place to 
to close, I hella appreciate everything that it is that you shared. I appreciate your time and your energy and just like, oh, being willing to be with me and meeting with me. This has been really, this has been really powerful for me. And I hope also for the folks that get to listen to it as well. So thank you so much, Shirley. Thank you for inviting me to be in conversation with you today. Thank you for listening to Therapy For Us by Us podcast. If you love what we're doing, leave us a review on iTunes or keep the conversation going by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. Look forward to connecting with you next time. And until then, take care.